Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the first tee on President's Reserve at the Hermitage, waiting for these damn sheep to get out of the fairway and back into the rough where they belong, and this is Season 4, Episode 1. As you can tell, I'm excited to be back in the recording studio, even more excited about some of the episodes we've got lined up for you this season. With the majority of my competitive golf season in the rearview mirror, I'm devoting marginally more time to writing for the blog and publishing the Blind Shots Podcast. This season, there will be maybe some familiar conversations about golf and golf trips and travel, stories from the road and from the ether, stories of the people, places, and things both in the forefront and things hidden away from the limelight of golf. In this vein of ideas, let me mention that there are several great works of journalism and storytelling in McKellar No. 6, which is available at www.mckellarmagazine.com. There are some real gem articles that will make you laugh, make you think, and I humbly submit includes my byline on a story about Martha's Vineyard as an unlikely golf playground. Go order your copy now. It's the best $16 you'll spend on entertainment this year. Now, on to the listening at hand. Today's episode is a discussion with erstwhile friends of the show, Matt and Fred, on what makes or breaks a golf trip. As we discuss the anatomy anatomy, easy for me to say, and identity of a golf trip, it really comes down to one crucial element, the who. The what, where, when, and how all derive from that key first decision. We frame our discussion in terms of what has worked and what hasn't in our own golf trip history over the past decade, but we make clear, and I want to reiterate, that there are lots of different ways to make a golf trip, and a buddy's trip in particular, successful. Before we get into all of that, though, remember that you're invited to interact with this show on Twitter at BlindShotsPod, as well as over on Instagram on the same handle. There are links in the show notes to the McKellar Golf website, so I hope you'll go there and order your copy today. Plus, get an extra copy and give it to your best friend as a gift. This is an unpaid endorsement. I just think you'd like reading it. A reminder that while this show is a proud member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows, by the way, sidebar, this whole Live Golf versus the PGA Tour has been an absolute boon for content over for the guys on State of the Game and the Good Good Golf Podcast. This Blind Shots Podcast is sponsored exclusively by me, David Hill, Realtor. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky Realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work with homeowners buying and selling their homes and businesses and investors in their commercial uh, real property needs. Frankly, it's been a crazy market here in Central Kentucky for the past, I don't know, going on 18 months. But we're finally starting to see a return to rational pricing. Unfortunately, it's been accompanied by a raise in interest rates. But I'm cautiously excited for the fourth quarter of this year and the first quarter of 2023 in the real estate market. If you want to know why, you can find my contact information at davidhill.rhr.com. Give me a call, send me an email, and we can talk about it. And now, the anatomy of a buddy's trip. It had been too long since Matt, Fred, and I sat down together to chat, so this episode is a bit long. In fact, like a great restaurant meal, you might want to only attack about half of it in one sitting. Get a to-go box when you're full and finish it off later. It'll make a heck of a snack. So finally, without more, here are Matt and Fred. 
Uh, well, welcome back to the show. Uh, loyal compatriots, co-hosts, Matt and Fred. Guys, how you doing tonight? Uh, good, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Matt? Very well, sir. Been too long. Yes. Uh, we have concluded our 2022 buddies trip. I guess that's probably as close to an official name, guys trip that we do every summer. Um, and that had me that in the aftermath of that, spend the whole month of August kind of reflecting and thinking back. And it had me thinking about the anatomy of a golf trip, kind of how we ended up where we are and the, the decision tree that kind of leads to a successful golf trip. And it's can mean, it's going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I doubt very seriously. There are many golf trips that look like ours, just kind of how we've ended up. And, you know, that may change at some point. Um, so I, I wanted to get you guys on here because you've been a part of it for different periods. Um, Matt and I go back almost a decade. Fred has got half a decade in on us, um, but has also been a part of some smaller golf trips that we've put together. You know, we have now sort of an annual trip to the Sand Hills of North Carolina to break up the winter blues kind of at the end of the playing season. Um, we, the three of us will get together, you know, kind of just buddies going out and playing around to golf, but you know, since we live four hours apart, that's almost kind of a mini golf trip. Um, and we definitely need more of those. That was the best idea that you had, Fred. Um, so it kind of to frame this for you guys, so you can start thinking about how you might want to answer. You know, I'm the golf trip captain for our group. I kind of drive the decisions and we're basically on autopilot at this point, but there was a lot of worry and angst um, along the way to get there. I promise you. So you can kind of break down a, a golf trip for me into typical uh, just questions. The who, the what, the where, when, why, and how being the how much. And I put those in that specific order because I think those are the, I think that is the order of importance for putting together a golf trip. If So what I'm what I hope to use these reflections for listeners, if they have I, you know, questions about how to start or join or maybe improve a golf trip, sort of what they would focus on. And I put who first because I think I think that's the most important piece. That is what, as a captain, that is what I agonized about more than anything. Um, you know, we started as three law school classmates. And we came up and saw you, Matt, and we played a couple of nice courses. And that was the genesis of it. I had tried a, a golf trip the year before that, that would now be in, I guess it's 11th year with some college buddies and that it didn't make it to a second year. So, you know, the who really does matter. Um, you know, the, the blending of personalities is a worry for the first time. Anyway, the second time you kind of with successive years, that becomes less important. Um, you know, you have to and these are all kind of sub things I want to get your guys thoughts on. But do you have a narrow band of playing ability, you know, guys of similar skill or do you have kind of where we've ended up with some low single digit handicappers and a guy that's probably a legitimate 36 or 40 handicap? Um, you know, are you in the who is going to drive? all of the other decisions. So that's one a, it's going to drive whether you're playing gross or net games, team games, kind of structure of any gambling. Um, you get that wrong and the trip can really stink. 
but you get it right and you've got strangers that are now kind of have a bond over something, you know, for as long as they're, as long as the trip survives. So I have who as my number one, Fred, I'm going to throw it to you first, just kind of, you're our newcomer. Um, you're we're still proby, I guess, for our trip. Um, but kind of coming in now, you came into an existing trip. So I kind of want to get that perspective, go back to those, that early Michigan trip maybe, and kind of think, what did you think you were getting yourself into and what did you find? Matt and I had talked about golf, obviously, but I don't believe we had even gotten out to play uh, together at that point. And I remember, you know, him talking about the trip and I was like, man, you know, that sounds awesome. I'd always, you know, wanted to go do something like that. My friends are uh, back here around home. I mean, they're all good guys and they all play golf, but deep down they're the degenerates at heart. I mean, they're just a bunch of crazy ass, you know, the, I think that the, the bigger draw to some of those guys would be, Hey, getting away from the wives and let's drink, you know, until we can't, we can't see straight. And, you know, I missed the competition aspect of, you know, playing golf with a bunch of guys that all wanted to play well. Um, so walking, you know, having hearing Matt talk about us and I kind of got, went back a little further than I wanted to, to answer your question, Dave, but, um, you know, I, deep down, I was like, man, I would love if Matt would ask me if I wanted to go, you know, on one of these trips. I was like, but, you know, I'm not going to say anything. And then he got he came back and um, he's like, hey, man, would you be interested in maybe? Play? And I was like, well, I'll have to talk to Ange. Let me think about it. But, you know, I'm like in the car on the way home, you know, going crazy. I'm like, I can't wait. This is going to be great. I'll, I'll call him tomorrow. And I don't know all these guys, but it sounds great. And I'm super pumped. Right. Because this. It's something that I had wanted to do for a while and I don't have the planning, you know, gene that you have, Dave. I mean, um, maybe it's just, I don't, I don't want to put in the effort to, to go to the detail that it needs to do something like this, but, um, you know, walking into it, knowing basically Matt, um, no one else really, uh, in, in the trip I was, obviously nervous. Um, and I believe I had told you that that first tee shot that I hit at Michigan, you know, in front of everybody was, was as nervous as I had been since, you know, I played a, you know, a high school match, I think on that first tee. I mean, I was, I was, my knees were knocking. I was so nervous. Um, well, and it's a good thing that we're hitting directly into the sun too, at <laughs> Harbor, so nobody could right. see where you hit your ball. <laughs> exactly. That was a, that was fortunate. Um, but, but going into it, I was obviously nervous. Uh, I, I was super excited. I, I wanted, I wanted to play well, you know, around a bunch of new guys, but I was, I'm not one to be overly, you know, nervous around new people. Um, but it is, it is a bit intimidating walking into, you know, what was that at the time? Um, nine, nine guys. Eight. We was that from, the first year? Eight. We went, okay. We went from four to eight. Okay. Um, basically walking into six guys I had, you know, really never, never met before. Um, and the group of guys that you guys uh, started this thing with are, are all, you know, are good guys. I mean, down to the very, you know, heart of the matter, they're all good, good dudes. Um, and, you know, at this point, Dave, you know, I consider some of the guys on this trip that I only see once a year, you know, really, really close friends. Um, and, you know, kind of chat with them throughout the year. 
but it was, it was so much fun actually getting to that first round of golf, um, playing with guys, getting out. And I remember on the drive home, uh, from Michigan, you know, we were driving straight back down to Columbus and I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I, I hope I get invited back again because I can't wait to do this again. I would do it all over again. I'd go back to the same courses. I do exactly the same thing. And it's kind of grown from there. I've seen courses. I never thought I would see been places. I never thought I would be. Um, and I've truly enjoyed every trip um, more than I ever thought I would. Now, Matt, you came, you were there at the beginning, and I guess the first trip was really a home game for you. I mean, we literally mm -hmm. crashed at your house. So maybe, you know, I think the stories got a little better. The memories may be a little stronger for Alabama for you. I don't know. Um, but, you know, Fred brought up a couple of points that, you know, the personalities were not, we're kind of a pretty straight laced group. You know, we don't have, you know, my, hard drinking days are in the past. We don't have excessive partiers or, or gamblers, but nobody's writing a check to each other, you know, after the game, kind of how our trip has grown. Talk to me kind of about what you, about being, a, you know, starting a trip and kind of the way it's grown. What are, you know, about who is part of a trip and what makes and why that works. Well, I, I, I like that you started with the who, because I agree. I think the who is the most important part of this. And, and the who will eventually lead us into the what, because what you do is so dependent on who you've got. Um, as far as this trip goes, it's funny. When we started, you know, it was, it was really, we are going to squeeze in the very little bit of time that we have available and, you know, try to try to get away but we got to be back in like 48 hours because the wife's watching the, oh, we all had little kids at that point. Um, you know, my oldest is 14. So when we started this thing, he was three, I think. Um, so that, for the, that, you know, first trip to Alabama, especially, you know, the home game was easy because I was already at home, but you know, that Alabama trip, if you remember, it was, I mean, we were, we were hustling to catch flights on that second day just to, to get in at the the crack of midnight or whatever, so that we could be here when the kids wake up in the morning. Um, so it has obviously evolved from there. Um, but the you know those those first trips were really easy because you know it was it was people that all knew each other and had known each other for years. You know, you and I and Brian and Clay came on shortly after that. You know, we've you know, went to school together. We'd known each other for years. We played golf together it was very organic and, and easy that right. that first one that Fred came and not just because Fred came, but you know um, that first one that Fred came on where we went from four to eight. Yeah. It was a little bit of, Hmm, I wonder how this is going to fit together. Um, you know, I knew, I knew most of the guys, John Mark was the only one that I really didn't have. I mean, I think maybe we'd met, I'd met him golfing once or something like that. But obviously, Mark went to school with us. I've known Jared forever and a day at this point. Uh, and I, I was the only one who knew Fred. So I kind of knew almost everybody. But I wasn't 100% sure how some of those, some of those personalities were going to interact. They're all good dudes. I, but I know them separately. I don't know them together. Um, so yeah, there was a little bit of, hmm, let's, let's see how this goes. Um, it wasn't as 
it wasn't a natural, right? It wasn't like a sure thing. It was a hundred percent going to work. Um, no, it did because, you know, the guys that we've got are, like you said, it's, there's, there's some sort of fundamental similarity about them. They're different. You know, John Mark is very different than Clay is very different than Mark, right? All different types of personalities. Um, but, but I don't have to, I don't have to, one of the nice things is it's not a group that I have to worry about anybody. Like John Mark yeah. went down to South Florida on a different trip some from guys from his club and from the North Cincinnati area, Northern Kentucky. And while he was down there, he sent me a picture of a guy taking his clubs off the back of a cart that was under four feet of water. Like just because they were, were drunk and just drove up to a green <laughs> and all of a sudden peeled off into the lake and became alligator bait. And I'm like, I'm not because they were impaired and right. you know, that's mm-hmm. not something yeah, somebody might have a, you know, a cold beer on the course because it's 100 degrees or because we're just out there having, you know, a nice afternoon or something. But, I, you know, it's not a group that I have to worry about a security deposit on a house or, you know, this kind of malfeasance on the golf course, which really, I, I think, allows me to relax and enjoy myself. And I would assume everybody kind of shares that, like, yeah, we're not going to we're too old to go messing around with everybody's business kind of like that. Well, yeah. And like I said, there's a, there's a fundamental similarity. They're not, you know, everybody's not a hundred, you know, hundred percent alike. There are some of us that drink a lot more than other people that are on the trip. There are some of us that will, you know, stay up later than others there. You know, there's lots of, there's lots of differences amongst the group, but it's a group that, you know, fundamentally we're into the golf, right? If, if there were guys that were, just kind of there to, to tag along and yeah, I mean, golf is there, but really I'm, I'm there to go drinking. I'm there to, you know, for whatever other reason, it would be harder. Um, I think you'd have to, you, you know, you might worry a little bit more in that particular case, but the fundamental thing that, you know, in addition to being decent dudes, like we're all there for the golf. Everybody's pretty reasonably serious about it. Um, even the, even the high handicappers. And there were some that weren't as serious at the beginning and have kind of learned that, Oh, that's actually really fun. And I'm going to start getting more serious about it. You know, I still get pats on the back from pros around town. Occasionally when I'll, I'll tell them, yeah, I've gotten, you know, we used to play off scratch from you and I, Matt, that was our mm-hmm. original, you know, because no one in the group, I, I think I had a handicap, but I didn't really know yep. what it was um, to the point that now everybody has a USGA handicap that I, that and I most trust. are better than mine. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, you have stayed the same. You have not right. improved because <laughs> I I know I was about a twelve when that for the Indiana trip, and you're still about a twelve. And we yeah, yeah. like we, on, on a good day now. Yeah, like it came down to the seventy second hole against you know between us. So, yep. um, but yeah, so that's yeah the who when you're doing a golf trip, the who is the most important. Now, there's nothing wrong with the stuff we've described. If guys want to to head to Myrtle beach to play 18 holes and then go lay on the beach and drink Corona. Good luck. And God bless, you know, just yeah. be safe, have fun. That's and you'll just have a fun trip. If, if for the most part, everybody is in for that. That's the key. That's and that's that transitions to the what, because the who absolutely feeds the what is it? Yeah. Are you a golf sun up to sundown group? Are you, you know, I think the one thing that will test our resolve, Matt, 
talking about fundamentally the same dudes is when we go someplace again with this group now, and we go to someplace that has a casino. Like mm-hmm. it flared up a little bit in northern Michigan, but that was the first time all eight of us had been together. You know, there, there's a for those listeners that don't know, there's a somewhere between Bay Harbor and Boyne Highland up there in Petoskey, Michigan. There's a casino in town, so that a few guys went and played blackjack there one night. But if we were to head someplace like Vegas or out into the desert in New Mexico or Arizona or someplace that had a casino nearby, that may I wonder if the factions wouldn't split up a little bit more if we'd all just end up at a poker table and paying the house 25%. Um, <laughs> but the the who, you know, the the who, especially because it's a repeating cast of characters, I think the stories are kind of like compound interest. They just get a little stronger each year. You know, we still laugh at the same stories and the same moments looking back, but they, the stories get the fit. That fish gets a little bit bigger each time we tell the story. Um you know, it, it's interesting. As you say, we have a golf centric trip. I, I don't know if you guys have been exposed to other, you know, trips or even in league play or something. You know, it, the I can feel our group kind of moving away from team competition just because there we we've come up with other kind of side games. I say that I have a tough time judging how important that stuff is. We've got to the point now for listeners at home that we go into a, we take one whole wall of wherever we're staying and it's just full of score sheets. So there's an individual, an individual like net and gross score score sheet. There's a team competition kind of tablet to, to compute how many points have been scored. There's an over under game. You know, we've got, we really have this underground casino going on the road every year. <laughs> trip. That's just kind of who we've become, but is that, um, you know, so that I just on what we, how we ended up there and kind of where you see us going, talk Matt a little bit about kind of the, what of the trip and how it's evolved for us. Well, and what you just said, I think is, is super important. And when I was thinking about this ahead of time, trying to guess what questions you were going to put Fred and I on the spot about here, the first thing that, that came to my mind is that our trip has really, really benefited, especially for any long trip, it's going to have to be like this, though what has evolved with the guys along the way. Um, what we did in those first couple of trips is very different than what we've done in the last couple of trips. Um, and, you know, it'll, you know, it, it really does benefit a golf trip for you to not get stuck with tradition you know if just because that's what you did three years ago if that's not what you guys are feeling like now well there's no reason to do that and so you know i think we've done a very good job because if you think about what was important to us you know seven years ago if you just said that we were going to go on a golf trip and we were only going to play two courses total um, they were going to be in the exact same place. We weren't driving anywhere. Um, you know, that is a, that's a big difference from Indy's a perfect example, right. four different courses that weren't particularly close to each other. So we're staying in, you know, different hotels, the, the two different nights and, um, you know, driving a bunch between them. And I think we kind of evolved and learned from our trips. What do we like? What do we not like? And it turned out that 
everybody put a really high value on be having a home base. Um, and so we weren't so stuck to not look at that and say, oh, well, okay, this is what everybody likes. Let's start building trips around that. So I, I think that's the important part about the what. And it's hard at the beginning. It's easier as you go through and you figure out what what it is that everybody likes. You don't always know off the off the bat. Um, but like as you, you know, by your third or fourth trip, you can start really figuring out, well, I really like this about that trip, and I really didn't like that about that trip. And you can start gearing that what a lot more toward what the guys really prefer. And I think you just sort of learn that after doing it a couple of times. Yes. And I'll and before I, I throw it to you, Fred, I, I'll interject one sort of subgroup on the who that is very important. And that is you cannot have flakes in your group. The, the one thing that, that would drive me crazy early on was worrying about if somebody was going to show or back out, or am I going to get stuck with a, a bill or, or just be a, a, some kind of big hassle with wherever we're going because somebody drops out at the last minute. That was the, that, I probably worried about that more than I should have just because I'm me I'm, I'm cheap and I, I don't like, but I don't want that kind of conflict. I got enough conflict in my life. Um, so that, and that is important on the who figuring out what guys are reliable. You know, if someone politely says, yeah, man, that sounds, that sounds great. I'd love to do that sometime, but my days of chasing down like, Hey, are you really going to do this? Can you, you know, can you PayPal me or can you Venmo me that, you know, so we can save our spot. I mean, one of the compliments I can give this group is that my days of worrying about that are over it, you know, either you're in on the trip or you're not. I, I didn't have that resolve early on kind of as a trip leader. I spent way too much time worrying if, if clay was going to get his five rounds in before the trip or it, no, you know, the it, answer to that is no, he's not going to, as it turns out, <laughs> our friend clay, he plays golf about five times a year. We play five rounds of golf on our golf trip. It, 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 <laughs> It matches, it syncs up perfectly. Um, but I just wanted to mention that for people that are, are thinking about how to construct a trip. Um, you know, invite strangers that are vouched for as long as you know, you know their commitment. Like, you know, Fred, Matt vouched for you. That was his one shot. And luckily you 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 showed up uh, and you've, you've turned into a real winner for the group. But, you know, if he had brought me somebody that, you know, just kind of like, yeah, I'm in, but then, you know, three weeks ahead of time, like, uh, you know, I, oh, I forgot about that. No, mm -mm, can't do that. So yeah, I, I will, will then throw it to kind of the, the, what of the trip and Fred, you've touched on the, it a little bit that, you know, you really looked forward to basically match play with me and Matt and new people that were taking golf seriously. So, you know, maybe talk a little bit about how that helped shape your enthusiasm for the golf trip. Um, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all competitive, you know, when we're younger and we, we have things that we like to compete in basketball. I'll use that for an example, because I know you guys used to play some, some ball in the back, uh, back courts of uh, Kentucky. Um, uh, but w when we get older, you know, and, uh, running up and down the court and, you know, you're, uh, your uh, prowess on maybe the tennis court. I know a couple guys play tennis and so on and so forth. Um, when we get older, we lose that. But golf is one of those things that 
you know, we can still be competitive. You know, you guys are two of my best friends in the world, but I want nothing more than to, you know, you know, just give it to you left and right on the golf course. Right. I, I want, I, I am very competitive. You know, I think we all are. Um, I believe that is, uh, that is Matt. That was one of Matt's, um, uh, precursors to the first golf trip. He's like, Hey, you know, we're, we all went to law school. We're all fairly competitive. I just want you to know that, you know, it'll be, it'll be an edge, you know, on the golf. And I was like, Hey, I'm all, I'm all about it. Um, but I, I would like to touch on something. And, and I know I wasn't part of the trip at this point, but I've heard you guys talk about it when we're talking about the, who will lead you to the, what, um, perfect example is, um, who you guys had on your first trip and and what you guys did you know that that was the 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 birth of the the cup right um you guys made made games up you made you made a game that fit who you had right so you had to start with the who yeah and and what fred is talking about i'll flesh it out here Mm -hmm. i knew that matt and i were of roughly comparable skill level and i knew that Brian and Clay might not be. They didn't. They just don't play as golf as much as I did even then, um, which was a lot less than now. So I came up with a a almost like a bingo bingo bongo type thing where you could win points that were not connected. The idea was to have a game that was disconnected from scoring. Like if mm-hmm. you hit a tree that's you lose a point if you you know if you hit the pin this is before the days of leaving the pin in if you clicked the pin you know from off the green that was two points stuff like that you know if you can, if you don't get out of a bunker you give a point back kind of stuff like that that was meant to no i didn't foresee how the math was going to work out but it was an attempt to keep those guys interested into the third and fourth right. round if the the overall scoring had long since left them in the rearview mirror Exactly. And, and I I mean, I think that was a a huge part of it. You know, it gave everyone, you know, um, a target, let's call it, or um, a path to follow. Because like you said, when you have guys that are single digits, and then you have a couple that are, you know, 20 plus, um, I'll use Jared, for example, you know, the first time that I met Jared was on the trip up to, um, to Michigan. And I could tell you that, I, I, I mean, I felt as though golf was third or fourth on his list of things that he would rather do. Right. If you told him, Hey, you can do anything you want to do. Golf would be fourth on that list. Um, and now at this point that it may be first on his list. I mean, he's been, he's flipped, right? Well, he is, <laughs> what's funny is he is so competitive. You know, he yeah. just wasn't, I don't know. I think the, keeping an honest handicap all of a sudden it clicked for him. And like he found out he could be competitive without having to practice all the time. Like I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think that that is kind of the evolution that, that I think the trip has gotten to. And, you know, like Matt, I'll touch on what Matt said, you know, that change and being willing to change, you know, the, the, what is probably, um, what keeps the, the trip as, as interesting as it is. Right. Um, 
you know, we've kind of pulled away from the, you know, like uh, I always remember, you know, the, the Cheney, if you hit somebody or you hit a structure, right. I mean, that was part of the original, you know, the cup stuff. And, and when we first started, you know, that was part of the entry, you know, but I think as a whole, the group has, has kind of evolved past that. Right. And now we're a little more, um, now we're a little more golf centric, right now. It's like, Hey, uh, I just want to go out there and, and shoot the best score I can shoot. Um, I love the team aspect of it. I hope that doesn't go away because there's still something about, you know, sitting in the cart with, with the guy who's on your team and you're like, come on, man, you, you know, we, it, we still got this, you know, Dave, Dave just hit it over there in the trees and God only knows where he's at, you know? But to that point, I see you throwing your hands up, but that's when Dave hits one to about four feet when there's no opportunity. Yeah. He's like the Seve. Yeah. He's the Seve of the golf trip up and down from anywhere. That's right. That's right. I only worry, you know, I, I don't worry when, you know, he pumps one, you know, 350 or 250 down the middle and it rolls another 20. Then I'm like, okay, there's a squirrely one in here somewhere. Where's it going to come out? (laughs) And for listeners at home, I'm going to interject you would be shocked at how close to tournament golf. I think we actually get as a group. I mean, the gimmies are generally inside the leather or nothing, very little outside my putter. I mean, we are not, uh-uh. we are not typical ugly Americans on the golf course. Like it's, we want to see it most of the time because we, right. have, by God, we have $2 riding on that. <laughs> That's right. That's, you know, those are my $2, right? I mean, <laughs> Uh, that's, that's, that is well said, you know, it's not a lot of money, but it's, uh, it's, uh, as I like to say, it's my money. Right. <laughs> and, and that is not something that is a prerequisite for a good golf trip. Like I said, no. that, I, I can't stress enough. That is who this group has become, but you know, there are, you know, playing a two putt maximum rule because you want to go, you know, cause you've got a sport fishing trip or something, or you're right. going, you're going skeet shooting that afternoon and you just don't want to, you don't want a five hour round or even a four hour round. You know what? As long as, as long as the expectations are set and everybody's on board, that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. May even yep. be, it may, may even be preferable. We just may be nuts. That might be, it could be. Um, but I mean, I think, I think that's, that was the points I wanted to touch. Um, and I know that was some of what Matt had said about, how the group and the trip has evolved a little bit. And I, and I knew that you guys had kind of based, you know, made, made a game and almost built the trip around the, the, the people you had and, and the what, right. So the, what was the cup, right. And we have kind of since evolved out of that. Like you said, we've got, you know, a Calcutta game now, and I had never had any experience with that until last year. We've, we ran a, you know, a net game, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit more of that kind of like tournament kind of thing where you post a score and you see a scoreboard and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it in depth a little bit more, but you know, Matt has conjured up some kind of, you know, high, low game, you know, over under game, which I mean, uh, the, the score sheet on that thing, there was more scribbles on that people, people putting initials everywhere and then upset. They couldn't bet on everybody. There was only four max. And, um, new things come up and, and, and make the trip even more interesting and something to look forward to the the next trip. That's true. You know, next on my list is something and it's kind of a close call, whether it's second or third, but is the where now where has a whole lot of different 
kind of parts to it, sub points, bullet points, subgroups, outline form. Um, you know, my good, my friend, Brian Laurent, who's up in Columbus lives over in Dublin. He runs the superintendent network and he signed off. I had him on as a guest last year and he signed off saying, you know, I ask people what, what's the golf course they want to go see or want to go play. And his answer was, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the course is. As long as I'm out there with some good friends and a cold beer, I'm going to have the time of my life. And I, I respect that sentiment. I understand it. You know, that is, there are people in the world that that is true for me, but in terms of putting together a golf trip, I think the where matters more than I would have thought it did. You know, we it used to just by the way my brain works, used to put in a lot of thought and used to ask a lot for a lot of feedback from the group to help me narrow down because there are literally infinite choices, or at least there were. Um, but the where I think for me, so for one, speaking where it's quality of courses. Okay. That matters. I think the, the better the courses, the stronger they are, then I think the stronger the memories and the stronger their connection. You know, I, I remember so many shots from times around tobacco road with you guys I and mean, not just mine, like, you know, funny things um, that happened, awful things that happened to Fred on seven green at tobacco road. I remember so many things at sand Valley, you know, good things, bad things. Um, I think there's just a stronger connection and feeling um, from some of the more memorable courses in my experience. Um, location of the courses. Are they, this is just part of your decision tree. How easy are they to get to? Are you driving? Are people going to want to fly? Um, can we carpool? Um, you know, the, is it something, do you need a travel day? This affects the when, I guess, which would be probably next on the decision tree. Is it some place that offers type, you know, types of lodging are important, and that's part of the where. Can we rent a house together? Are we in a couple of cabins on site? Do we have to have a block of rooms at the Hilton? Um, is this some place we can just park and toss our keys in a can for four days, or is it some place where you know we might have to drive a little bit to get to the next course? Um, so for me, I'm not, I'm much less of a trophy hunter, I think, than I used to be. I just like seeking out the good golf experience. And I think the feedback from the group, both explicit and just kind of implicit is that, man, they really like not getting in the car again until it's time to get home. Once we get there, we've had that experience at forest dunes. We've had that experience at sand Valley. And we had that experience this year at the hermitage and no offense to our friends in Nashville. They put, we had a great time there, but you know, those, those courses aren't on the same tier as someplace like, Forest Dunes in the Loop, or the two soon-to-be four courses at Sand Valley up in Wisconsin. But man, we just the the vibe that you can get by just knowing you don't have to go out for anything. You don't have to you don't have to get in the car after you've played thirty six holes and you're sweaty and your your clothes are sticking to you because we play in August. Um, you know that sort of thing. That part of the decision um, just really that matters much more than it did five years ago, even maybe even three years ago. So the where matters, I, I think, for not just bragging rights, telling your buddies like, yeah, I've been there, but um, just kind of creating that bond, you know, for us, for Scotland, you know, it's the quality. There's no more quality of courses than going to the old course in Carnoustie and, and Ely. Um, 
And so, you know, yes, we would have had fun somewhere else in Scotland or, you know, on the coast of Ireland, but man, that, that where, to me, that where does matter. Um, so I, I'll throw it open. Uh, I think we'll do Fred, let you start first on this and, and just talk about the where the trip has gone and what that, whether that appeals to you, whether it matters at this point, whether it mattered maybe to start. Um, I definitely think it matters. Um, it, uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same, same car as you. I, I love to, I love to go and, and play courses that are, what's the word? I don't want to say well-known. Um, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say like a destination, you know, course or something like that, but I mean, to, to a certain degree, yeah, there's some trophy hunting, you know, that's nice to say, Hey, I've been there and Hey, I've played there. Um, but I like going to, we'll call it, we'll use the same word you did strong, strong courses, right? Like you said, tobacco road, um, those places that are defining, you know, um, I'm not saying that I'm going there and that, you know, I'm asking what, uh, what the course record is, but, you know, seeing this, seeing these things, um, playing these courses, uh, is fun for me. Um, I, I love that part of it, uh, to that point, um, the trip this year, you know, to Hermitage, um, you're right that, I mean, no offense to anybody, but I think that they would say the same thing that they're not on the same level as, as a sand valley or, um, you know, uh, um, any other place that we have gone. Um, but the trip was as fun, um, as any other trip that we've been on for me. Um, and I think part of that was, um, just the experience of going back to the, the who, right. Um, I think everybody, um, enjoyed playing there. The, the courses were friendly, we'll call it, you know, there was some trouble, there was some things to, to, to avoid. Um, but it wasn't going to kill you. Right. I mean, if you started off bad, you weren't, you, you weren't dead, you know, after three holes, right. You, there was still things to play for. Um, you, you've alluded to that, you know, we've kind of broken out into some smaller groups, you know, like a four or five, you know, person or four or eight person group. Um, I think that the smaller groups that, that we've gotten um, going to like the, the, the more um, stronger courses, I find that to be um, a little more enjoyable, right? Like if you have four, um, four, eight guys, something like that. Um, that are more a little tighter golfers. Yeah. A little tighter group, a little more focused on the golf and, and you're, you're not, you're not afraid that you're isolating folks that um, the, the course may be a little too much for them. They're not going to enjoy it. Um, I find that to be more enjoyable. You know, and that comes into two that plays into one of the later questions is that, you know, the, the more hardcore among us are willing to pay to go to some of those, you know, some of those stronger courses are not inexpensive. You know, the golf, the, absolutely. The golf has not been exempt from the recent inflation. It actually started probably even before uh, the COVID pandemic hit. So yeah, the, the where, the where matters. Now, 
how married are you to the idea of once you get there, you're there. Don't have to get in the car again. I love it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I, I like, um, you know, it, it started for, for me, um, probably where it may have started for, for you guys. But when we went to Forest Dunes, um, and they're like, uh, here's where you're staying, which is right on the outside of the, the edge of the, the parking lot. Um, we all posted up in there and we, we just, we basically lived out of one of the two, um, little condos we had there. Everybody was kind of congregated in one of them. And then we dispersed and, you know, the golf carts, uh, they were like, Hey, just take them there in between your rounds. So, you know, we had like golf carts scattered around, um, in between the two courses kind of got a little spoiled there by that. Um, I love that part of it. Um, I, I like, um, I like getting there unpacking and not having to go anywhere else. I mean, that's kind of my personality too, though. Right. I mean, I'm not one when I, when I'm done at work and I get home, I, I typically don't like to go anywhere else. Right. I'm, I'm in for the night. Um, maybe I'm getting old. Um, but I, I really enjoy that. Now, if you were to come to me and say, we had to drive around, that wouldn't change. That wouldn't change my my uh eagerness to go or my want to go on a golf trip i just really like that added convenience and comfort of being of of being where i'm going to be matt you're a contrarian tell me where it doesn't matter. <laughs> i'm going to come at it differently i am um i'm, I'm not going to tell you that where doesn't matter where does matter um but i'm like i said i'm coming a little bit differently I think the where is also tied to the who. We've said the who's the most important. And it it bleeds into the where as well. Um, you know, our group is a group that, you know, like we said, we're we're pretty serious about it. Um and if if your group, somebody listening to this, if their group is not super serious about it then some of those courses that are the stronger courses, you know, it, they, they may have a fun time or they may feel that it's a little stuffy. Um, you know, they may feel like they're not quite able to enjoy themselves the way that they would like to. Um, and, and so that's the beautiful thing about this is that there are all sorts of, of trips that can be planned at all different kinds of courses lots of people want to take your money and so you know i think the where and i don't get me wrong i agree with you i think one of the things you mentioned about the strong courses is very important when the strong courses have a lot of different characteristics that tend to be memorable and if the holes are memorable that lends to more memories on the trip because if the holes are not and that you you're having trouble differentiating one of the courses from the other and they you know a lot of the holes were a similar length and a similar layout and they the, you know the course wasn't super interesting um you know it, the courses that have the you know either funky characteristics or you know are are more challenging give you an opportunity to make more memories so I'm I'm not saying that, you know, a group that's not that serious shouldn't find a course that does challenge them. I think they should. Um, 
And I think, you know, the, the trend in modern golf to that point is for easier courses. You know, Sand Valley, Mammoth Dunes literally has the widest fairways yeah. in the known golf world. <laughs> now, you can still miss them. I, I you would you would think, but I swear I hit a pull with a hook with a draw and I was still in the fairway. You know, it, Park Mammoth, Jared shot. It may not have been a personal best, but it's pretty darn close in our yeah. round down there, um, which is, you know, that's designed to be a a fun course. They're not protecting the they're not serious about the course record, you know, and that and those are nice places. These are not backwoods, um, you know, dirt tracks and, and goat ranches. These are the cream of the crop of golf courses being built sure. and maintained. Yep. And, and again, I like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to push people away from that. If they're saying, oh, you know, my group isn't as serious as your group. Maybe we shouldn't go to the, you should definitely, you know, look to, to challenge yourself based on what your group is, but it, it's also, there's something to be said for if your group is between 15 and 30 handicap mostly trending toward the 30 handicap maybe whistling straights shouldn't be the first trip you take and for right? God- that's a lot of money to to maybe you know really have a long day and for god's sakes move up a tee box yes yeah well and that's what i was going to say the part of the wear is is to make sure that everybody has fun because you know there are there are you can you can achieve that by moving up a tee box, like you said. You can achieve that by having a, a challenge course, and then maybe three other courses that aren't quite as challenging. Um, you know, there's there's different that you could you could play a scramble. There's nothing wrong with when we work. We had a scramble worked into our our trip for most of the trips, and you know that's you can have a lot of fun doing that. I've had played a lot of great scrambles that are a ton of fun, right? So there are things that you can do that will make the game more enjoyable for your group based on the who. Um, and one of those things is by picking the right where. Right. And, you know, one of the things, so many things go into the where, you know, we used to do a North South kind of alternation Our, you know, we, I used to worry down almost to the minute detail of what we were going to eat. I'd get up and cook breakfast. Oh God, what are we going to do for lunch? Cheney, can you cook something for dinner? You know, that was, it was cost containment to an, to a degree, but, you know, now I realize the guys are pretty, we've gotten to a place that I know that we're pretty happy with ordering out a pizza or, uh, you know, we did chicken wings, uh, hot chicken, you know, Nashville, you got to do the hot chicken. That's the the touristy thing to do. Um, but, you yeah, know, kind of good. T- touristy yeah. or not, it was damn good. Yeah, Hattie B's is just fine. Uh, free plug. Um, yeah. But. You know, the, the, the little things groups may find that they, you know, they want to go someplace with good craft beer or good food or room service. You know, their Sand Valley will bring, will set up a buffet table in your like common area and they will be happy to do it because you're going to pay them in gold. Like you can't, silver won't work. You need more money to do it. Um, but so it, it, those are kind of things that you figure out along the way you know, on the trip. And as it turns out for our group, that stuff is just way less important than it used to be. Grab some snacks from the Piggly Wiggly so that everybody's got a few calorie replacement choices. And then you'll kind of, it 
if guys are hungry, they'll eat. And if they're not, they won't kind of like the dog. Um, <laughs> but if, if there's anything else I'm missing on the where, you know, we will be entering a new phase. I think next year we'll be putting our, our big trip to the test because we'll be doing a flight trip. Nobody can drive to the Oregon coast from the Midwest. I mean, I'm a hardcore driver, but even I know I've got to get on a plane for this one. So that will be, it'll be interesting to see if there's a different dynamic, um, there, but those are all things that just kind of take the temperature and make a decision and see how it works for you. I think next for me is the, is something is maybe the only constant in our trip, which has been the win. We go the same, the same week every year. So people like, that's the only thing that you can mark down. People can just block that off on their calendar that the first week of August, that first Monday, Tuesday, and now Wednesday, um, we're out. And that is incredibly helpful. You know, there's got to be some constant or else, you know, the, the captain of the trip is just always going to be on kind of information gathering mode and, and what ifs and, and drive yourself crazy. But so for us having the where now that kind of affects how we experience some of the where, like it going to the South in the first week of August has made for some interesting memories. <laughs> um, you know, rural Alabama, Nashville, Tennessee, I forget how far South Pinehurst is. There is just plenty of hot and humid to be had there. Um, you know, that was a week that Michigan and Wisconsin were much nicer. Might have been the greatest places on earth. I, it's hard to believe that like three months after we're there, that stuff's under six feet of snow. And it just doesn't, it just boggles the mind. Um, but the wind is a big consideration. It, it's a driver. And I guess a sub point on that would be, part of your who is going to determine how big and how long your trip is. You know, we have, we initially started as fear and loathing in Opelika, Alabama. Like we were in and out in 48 hours and that was 36 holes of golf, a bunch of meals. I don't know if we even played a card game back then that has now gone to, we not, we have a Sunday knock off the rust round. Um, we've even had a Saturday knock off the rust round before the Sunday knock off the rust round. I think on the, on one of the trips, so the duration, I guess, is a, is a factor. And again, the, the who and the where and how you're getting there, that's a lot easier to do driving maybe than it is flying. So, um, but Matt, is that something I know your, your schedule is probably the craziest of the three of us having three kids. Um, is there, do you wish we had some flexibility there or is that just something you've got in on your calendar and in ink at this point? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've ever given too much thought about it because it is something that works. And, you know, part of the reason we've picked the beginning of August is that just happened to fall into that sweet spot after baseball, before fall sports. And, you know, it, it just happened. So for me, that's my, that's my lightest month. August is the lightest month on my calendar because I'm not at 12 different things that month. Um, and it just so happened to work for those guys that that didn't have, um, you know, the same kid sports commitment. It just it happened to work out. Um, so what I would tell you is it's one of those things where we found something that worked and I put no more thought than that into it. Um, even when it was 98 degrees and in Alabama. And I saw some some bugs that I didn't think actually existed in real life on this planet. Um, and it, you know, 
even then beginning of August didn't phase me a bit because it was, it was, again, I was just so damn happy to be there. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was a time that worked. So that was, that was awesome. If people wanted to move it and I could make it work, I'd be fine with it. I'm not, I'm not married to the beginning of August, but you know, that's, especially after we've done it a few times, like that's when the trip is my, you know, my wife expects that that's when the trip is. So when she's planning summer vacations, nine years in advance, she knows that that's where the, that's when the trip's going to be. Um, so there's something to be said for the consistency of that. If it, if it was flexible, it wouldn't bother me, but uh, I'm, I'm in camp consistency. The only thing that camp consistency rules out is, probably precludes our group as a group going to Florida and maybe Vegas because all those courses are not in great shape at that point in the summer. Um, you know, well, and I, yeah, I was, that's a, brings up a good point that I wanted to say about the when too, is if you're considering when to do your golf trip, understand the, the in season out of season rates. Um, you know, if you go North, you're right in the heart of the middle of the season. If you go South in the summer, well, that's, you know, that you're going to actually pay more later because it's cooler. And that's when people want to be there. So there's something to be said for understanding how the seasons work at the various places you're considering going. Fred. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say this, and I, I know that both of you are going to say it as well. I'm just going to be the first one to say it. But, you know, uh, if it wasn't for my wife, you know, picking up everything that I'm supposed to do while, while we're golfing, then it wouldn't matter. Um, she's, she's awesome. She's always been like, yep, you know, no worries. So I'm oh, sure you guys are listen to this podcast. She, you don't have to say that she's in the she's, room. She's off camera. She's, oh, well, that's she's fair. standing right over there. That's fair. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but true, but truly it, I, I mean, you know, uh, for me, it's it's a big deal. I like the consistency. Um, to Matt to Matt's point, Angie knows when it's when it's going to be. She's not scheduling something, you know, um, some kind of crazy harebrained excuse. And you know, with Matt and I's kids in the same grade and basically playing the same sports most of the time, um, you know, it, it it was super convenient for me too. You know, Matt and I coached a baseball team for you know, I felt like 37 years, but it's more like, um, so, you know, that, w- that worked for us. Um, and I'm all for not changing it because it's worked, but as Matt said, if it, if it needs to be changed, um, you know, I'll do my best to make it work, but you know, if it, if it wasn't for Ange picking up all the, uh, all the, their election of my duties, then, you know, it wouldn't work out too well, but. Well, you know, and that gets, we've covered a little bit of the why under the what, and that it, it is, it is a nice chance for us to go catch our breath to be in fantasy land and not having to worry about the day-to-day grind. I mean, that's for, at its heart, that's kind of what our trip is too. It's a dad's day out basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we're all, we're all parents of, of kids of different ages and, you know, just the, the stress and grind of daily life um, just to go go really worry about, you know, how far you're going to hit a ball or whether that putt's going to go in. It's kind of a, a nice release valve. Um, I'll get to the the last point, I guess, is the, the last question will be the how. And for me, that translates to the how much. Um, 
this is where you can get some real disparate opinions within a group. And so if you, if you do a good job of building consensus or um, maybe just offering options, maybe that's the, the key because um, you can use kind of a herd or, or peer pressure mentality to kind of smooth over maybe some, some people that have some doubts. But like, I mean, we have some spendthrifts in our group and we have some people that can stretch a, a nickel better than any five people you've ever met. Um, and some people that the cost, it doesn't, I basically feel like I've got a blank check from them to sign us up for whatever every year. Cause they just want to, they're not going to miss the trip. They just want to go uh, play golf and hang out. So, um, you know, the, the, how much we've had, you know, here, pro tip, if you're going to Nashville for a golf trip or anything like that, don't schedule at the time that a bachelor party would be there. We got a hot deal. Uh, I was thinking back inflation adjusted. We paid less to go do two and a half days of golf in Nashville and lodging. than we did, um, Northern Michigan Boyne. It, it was the cheapest trip since, uh, doing the Alabama trip, Matt. So, um, you know, there are, if you're willing to sacrifice some of the other things like temperature comfort, um, again, maybe playing in their low season or shoulder season, uh, you can reap a huge cash savings for your group. Uh, we, one of the reasons behind our Nashville excursion this year, because I had the idea I should probably mix in a low cost, not a cheap, you know, it was a good experience. It was a quality experience, but it just Nashville dollars go a lot further in the summer than Sand Valley dollars or Bandon Dunes dollars. So it was a cost averaging maneuver on my part that everybody signed up for. Um, but just talk a little bit about how that has maybe evolved or what kind of role um, the the cost of golf, lodging, and food, even to that point. You know, if you if you're buying food the whole time you're there, that's you know what that's a those are real dollars too. Matt. Yeah. I, you know, that's evolved over time as well. Um, you know, the, the folks that you've invited on your podcast here are definitely on the cheaper end of, uh, of the spectrum of folks on this trip. Um, not that we're not willing to spend some money to go to some nice places, but, you know, we consider it a little bit harder than some of the other folks on the trip. Um, and and what, I'll, what I would say is it's one of those things where if you know it's coming and you're cheap like I am, then you, you budget around it, right? You decide, yeah, I mean, Dave, I send you money periodically throughout the year. I'm guessing most people probably don't do that. This guy um, wins a March Madness pool, and guess where the, the winning never touches his bank account? It goes straight to me. That's right. That's that's, that's April, baby. That's April for an August trip. That's right. And and so you know, it's one of those things where because I'm cheap, that's that's one way that that it, I'm more comfortable spending that money is by you know I defray that cost or or I spread that cost, I should say, over the course of of the year. Um, and, you know, so that's one way that if you do have folks that are a little bit concerned about it, then, you know, that's one way that perhaps they can get on board with it is, you know, look, you've got a year to plan this thing, right? When we went to Scotland, that was part of the deal. You know, we're going to Scotland, but it's not for another year. So start budgeting now, 
Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one way that I've, you know, and, and again, we've gotten, we've gotten older. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm closer to dying. So maybe I'm, I'm understanding more of, you know, not taking it with me or something, but you know, I, I, it's just one of those things where if you want to play really nice courses, you know, that it's going to cost you some bucks. And so doing what we did this year, where maybe it's, you know, a, a less expensive trip one year, followed by a more expensive trip the next, you average out the two costs and, you know, you, you can wrap your head around it that way. Fred. Uh, yeah, same, same deal. I mean, you know, every, everyone has, you know, golf is my vice, you know, um, I, I don't like to spend money on, you know, on myself, I'll say, um, but, um, golf is my thing. Uh, Angie, you know, she's, she's always cool with it. Um, and you know, we budget. Um, I think that, you know, fortunately most of us are, are in a spot where, where we, we can spend some dollars on stuff like this. We, you know, we're fortunate to do it. Um, and you know, we're all closer to 50 than we are to 40 or we're getting close. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't have done this right out of college. We couldn't have done this in our late twenties. It would have been, we would have, yeah, it would have been all my clothes would have been in a black hefty bag. You know, I, I, my shoes had holes in them. It would have been, yeah. would have been a very yeah. different golf trip experience. And I, and I wonder but, if that's right, not- but we could have, we could have done something. And that's, that's, what's important is that, you know, we couldn't have done what we do now, but there's a big range. Yeah. And you know, maybe tied it to, for me, it would have been tying it to tailgate experiences, you know, mm-hmm. we scale around UK football or something, or I tried to tie it a couple of times. I've got a group of college buddies that go on a baseball trip every year. And I've tried, I brought mm-hmm. my clubs on a couple of those. Now I'm the only one that really plays any golf that goes on that thing regularly. So it's not, it wasn't a great fit. And the time they went to San Diego, the AJ junior world championship was at Torrey Pine. So that was out. So that was great scheduling. Thank you, Chris, for that one. Um, but yeah, the, the trips building a golf centric trip, I think admittedly is, you know, unless you are kind of a yuppie and you maybe live someplace close to, you know, if you live in the triangle or live in Charlotte and you're a young professional, okay. You can probably be a build a golf bro trip around Pinehurst. Um, you know, every now and then, but I don't think we definitely could have do, we couldn't do to your point, what we do now, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. No, no. I'm just wondering when we get, when we get so old, that threshold, that money truly becomes no object and everybody demands like their own room. Like right now we're some people, some people, that's a thing. Like that's part of the where, like, no, I'm not splitting a room with somebody. I want my own room. And, or, you know, most of us are get along. And so like this year, my, maybe my favorite thing was that we had an auction. We had enough that it worked out that we had more rooms. I think we had six rooms for eight people. And so I took a captain's privilege and, and took one single room and then we auctioned the others off and we put the prize money towards some of our games. And, you know, when, when the rubber meets the road, the, the money talks and you see who really, I mean, there was, what do we have one go 60? I think it was, you know, 
Oh, all, all three of them went 50 or higher. Yeah. And I mean, Fred and I were out on the first dollar spent every single time. Like, no, I was, I was going to ask, I was like, Matt, how many times did you raise your hand during the bidding? Zero. Uh, Not, I didn't either. I was sitting on my hands in his that. pockets. I, I looked over when, when you brought this up, I looked at, I looked over in the room. I looked at Matt and I was like, I gave him one of these, like, you know, back and forth. And he just shook his head. I was like, all right, I'm fine with that. I was like, I didn't, I just started eating pizza and watching the money fly around the room. Now the, everyone was a little timid at first, those second and third rooms, boy, they went pretty oh, fast. Yeah. yeah. They, they were, yeah. The blood was in the water, man. They were like, Hey, say, okay. That, I thought that was the fairest way to do it is to yeah. just uh, the free, the capitalist in me. Yeah. We had a couple of rooms that, so people would have solo rooms and there was no merit system to do it. So we just auctioned them off and we gave it to our favorite charity, which was us. That's right. <laughs> everybody's uh, everybody's game cup, you know, got, got extra wad of cash thrown in it. So I, we've given, I hope we've given you something to think about if you're part of a golf trip or want to be part of a golf trip or uh, want to maybe start one. And you're, you know, there are lots of resources out there. There's only about a, thousand blog posts each year on on what a buddy's trip is all the major golf magazines will publish um buddy's trips i think it's become a a destination or it's like one of those lists you know every magazine has its best courses list and i think best buddy's trip is now kind of a, a rolling list they have i will say our pool of destinations places that have on-site lodging and more than two courses, there are not a lot of those. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, the, the list, I can do about 10 off the top of my head, and then it gets a little fuzzy, and then I maybe, um, and they're all big names that you know, places like Pinehurst, um, maybe Barefoot Resort in Myrtle Beach, you might not know, but Stream Song, you know, three courses. Well, in season, those are, what, $200 each? maybe more, maybe 400 in the, if you go down there in like January and snowbird season, you know, $400 greens fee is nothing to scoff at pebble beach, you know, Bandon. Um, so we're starting to get creative. If we want to see new places, but we also have a lot of places that we like, but you know, that's something to, to think about that. That's that particular experience is what's hot right now. I mean, that's what they're building. You're building where, where are they building golf? They've added a course at Bandon dunes, two years ago they are adding two courses at sand valley now um whistling straights you know was kind of the herb kohler may rest in peace who we lost this week you know he was the brainchild behind whistling straights and that's a basically a four course complex up there for a, a five-star experience um so the, but there are a lot of different decisions to be made um through courses and i go back and forth the one thing i struggle with and this is just to be different for each group is how democratic a process you want it to be. I versus how just authoritarian you want to be as a trip leader. The first half of our tenure together, I was kind of bent over backwards to be more democratic. Let, let there be mob rule. I wanted input from everybody. I wanted feedback because I wanted things to be perfect. Uh, and what I have learned over time as kind of the leader of our group is that we nothing needs to be perfect tell the guys what they're going to do they know how to have fun they're good guys they know how to have fun together so i i don't have to spend as much mental energy on 
every finite detail, all the, you know, getting the planning down, planning the, am I picking the right side games for us to play partnership carts, you know, room allocating most of that stuff. I can just kind of say, okay, they'll just work it out. Maybe that's because I was so detail oriented and I've just got you guys trained or, um, you know, might, or might be part of it, Dave. Might, might be, part, be part, of it. part of it. I mean, I know, I know there are people in the trip that are a little bit afraid of me, and that's good. I, I, I don't want to do anything to dispel that notion. Keep them that way. Um, but that's so. That's sort of my overlying point is that there's a spectrum there. I feel much more empowered now just to make decisions and tell you guys about it. Like, hey, here's what's going to happen, because I've never just had big blowback about it. You guys trust me to make good decisions on your behalf. And that's just something that happens over time. That's not probably not going to happen first trip out of the gate. So that's sort of my closing thought, Fred. I'll throw it to you if there's anything we haven't mentioned or covered. Um, that's a key part of a trip or a decision or a thought. Um, you know, you know what? No, I mean, I think that I'm just going to say what we've kind of already talked about in you, you can make the trip, you can make any trip successful. You know, if you, if you know the guys that you're going to have you and they, they all generally want the same thing, you know, it would be difficult. I think to have a trip like this, if you took, um, you know, four guys that were, you know, fresh out of college in their twenties and all they wanted to do was, you know, hit the bars afterward. And, you know, four of four of me that uh, are tired afterward and want to go to sleep at like, you know, eight o'clock. Um, that would be very difficult to make a successful trip in my opinion, no matter what you did. Um, because you're just, you're just trying to, you know, that Venn diagram overlaps in a very small section, right? It's, that's, that's a very tough, that's a very tough hit, you know, to get, but, um, knowing who you have, um, having good guys there that are, are willing and able to kind of, you know, make decisions and roll with the punches and say, Hey, okay, you know, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay, you know, 20 bucks or 50 bucks for my own room. And then two other guys are like, Hey, have at it. You know, I don't, I don't give a crap. I'm, I snore, he snores. We'll, we'll both be fine. Um, I, I think that, that that's what makes a good trip. Um, I'm, I'm super, you know, thankful that, that, um, you know, Matt, you know, Matt, gave me the vote of confidence. Um, I don't know what I would do without this trip nowadays. So, uh, um, I think it's, it's awesome. I think it's come a long way in the time that I've been there. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change anything from almost any trip that we've taken. So, um, each one of them has their, 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 their things that are, are far and away better than another trip, but the worst thing that happens on every trip is, is, uh, not even worth mentioning if there is anything. So I'll leave it at that. Oh, you gave me such a big, warm, fuzzy Fred. Oh, that's what I, that's, that was my nickname in high school. Big, warm, fuzzy Matt come in with the thundercloud. So this is, this is the time that we're, this would be a bad time to tell Fred. We're not going to invite him to next year's trip. Right. Right. It's not, not a good time for that. All right. We'll do that later. Um, two things. Ass. <laughs> um, first off, to to go back to your point about um, for any budding trip captains out there, um, 
I think we've proven that the folks on your trip don't want to live in an actual democracy. They want a nice Republican style of government where they can give a little little bit of input and then ultimately let the trip captain fit all that into something. Um, the guys on your or gals on your trip um, are are probably going to just be happy to be there and happy to probably not have to make too many decisions when they're there. So I, you know, I would love to talk to Dave of eight years ago, knowing what I know now and be like, dude, calm down. It'll be fine. Right. So I'm telling anybody budding trip captains out there, dude, calm down. It'll be fine. <laughs> asks, asks for some input, but ultimately feel comfortable to make the decisions. That is well That's, said. That is very well said. Yes. I, I would definitely do less paperwork. Um, less, less paperwork. If I could speak to myself eight years ago, I got two little, two nuggets that I'll close with. I think you can have a great time at an average collection of courses, but I think it's really difficult to have a bad time at some, some exquisite courses. That, that would be one thought. Like I, if you if you injured yourself, okay, then maybe you have a bad time at Sand Valley. Yeah, but otherwise you're going to have fun there. I mean, the the ice cream sandwiches and tacos alone. You know, the, the 95, 99% of Americans don't live on terrain like you find at Pinehurst and Southern Pines. And so that is just you're going to short of having getting stuck in a six-hour log jam, you're going to have fun on those golf experiences. They're just really good golf experiences. And then my other thing kind of goes back to something Fred said, you know, about the trip. We have a disparate group of guys geographically, you know, we're from three different States at this point, but we, we all kind of had a similar, similar path, you know, college educated, white collar workforce, professionals, entrepreneurs, business people, that sort of thing. I think you could mix and and match and meld, you know, blue collar, white collar to an extent uh, it, that just makes it easy for our group. But the thing that I've found, I guess we are different enough that it strikes me that mo- a lot of us, especially for our smaller groups, kind of within the group have chosen golf as a lifestyle. And this is something I'm going to write about. Um, I mean, if I look at my starred kind of favorited contacts in my phone, it's you nine guys, some family members and some stuff for work. And that's it. Like you're the guys I'm texting when I have a thought, a bubble, a bubble boils up and you're the ones I share it with. Okay. And that, that's something I didn't expect from, you know, maybe five, six years ago that that has become, you know, for us particularly because of the Scotland trip, that was a, 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 a nice, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that until the day I'm, I'm no longer here. And that's something special. Those are memories that just we have. And there's an element to that that builds on golf trips that I think I'd always hoped for, but I wasn't sure was going to happen. And to see that kind of happening, I mean, even with Chad, our newest member of the group who's been on, who's been on four trips now, three or four trips. And, you know, we've got stuff we can laugh about with him and we've, 
we feel fine kind of teasing and giving him trouble. You know, that that's, um, so yeah, it, the magic can happen. If you believe you could, the miracle can happen for you, Fred, the miracle can happen for you, Matt. Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. If you've made it this far, God bless you. I hope you learned something useful about golf trips, realized how golf crazy my friends and I truly are, or maybe even had a good nap account on my dulcet baritone ramblings. Now that you're awake, do me a favor. Take one minute, head over to Apple Podcasts or onto the mainframe of whichever podcast player service you're listening from, and leave a rating and a review from the show. Each time someone leaves a five-star rating for the Blind Shots Podcast, Matt gets 1% closer to his dream of making a putt from outside four feet from the hole. Hope you've enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, sorry about that. I can't do anything about it now, but I will at least try to do better next time. Sit up straight, remember to drink lots of water today, and as always, when you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. Okay, so that was good because I almost didn't check to see if we were recording. So we could have just had this whole conversation and there'd be no record of it because that would have, because I haven't done that before recently. Well, that's good. So that means the comment about my shirts is not going to end up at the end of one of these podcasts, is it? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Absolutely hate it.